Kobe Great Episode 6, presented to you guys by Hardo Sports. Folks, what a weekend it has been. Um, came home to New Jersey for a big weekend, Final Four weekend. Also had my opening day of Men's League Baseball this morning, which I'm proud to say that the Maywood Expos take home the opening day victory by a score of 8-3. to three. Uh, Nice RBI ground out for your boy. Got the OBP up as well with a walk. So starting out the season right with the fellas. Um, Also got to get out to the golf course on Saturday and play a nice round. A little little nine before before Villanova, Kansas tipped off at about six o'clock on Saturday um, with my cousin, my aunt, and one of our friends. So that was a nice, nice time. It was a nice day out. Hit a couple of them straight, hit a couple of them not so straight. I think it's a good good mental health game to get involved in. If you guys aren't involved, you should definitely uh, go get some clubs, hit up a driving range. It's so much fun. Um, but you guys didn't come here to you know, talk about my weekend. You guys came here to get your Final Four fix and to get your North Carolina Tar Heels fix. And I'm about to give it to you because I'm so fired up, man. What a weekend. What a couple of games those were. Um, I also forgot to mention Friday. Got to go see my boy uh, DJ and new new spot opening near where we are uh, locally here in New Jersey. And so I caught um, the second half of the South Carolina Final Four game as well as the UConn um, Final Four game on the women's side. And those, I mean... The UConn game is pretty awesome. Uh, South Carolina kind of took care um, of Louisville. But, folks, Saturday, I'm not going to talk about the first game first. No shot. North Carolina did it. They fucking won, man. What a game that was. Oh, I got to watch it with my cousin, Ant, who's a big Tar Heels fan. And... um before I really get into it first, unfortunately, I did not mention to you guys that my sister's bracket needed North Carolina and Villanova. So her bracket falls from about 4,000 to about 18,000 or so. But shout out to Age. Uh, she did an awesome job. She has, you know, her champion still alive. She has the Tar Heels. Um, I did not have the Tar Heels in my bracket. So, you know, if you want to, you can look at a couple of the guys on the team, a coach to, you know, give them their flowers and their credit for this run. You have to also give some credit to Adriana Contento. She believed when not other and not many others believed in this team. And here they are, 60, uh, 40 minutes. I'm all in the football modes. Sorry, folks. 40 minutes away from what they came out to do, and that's win the national championship from New Orleans. So let's get into it. Um, Caleb Love. Caleb Love. Caleb Love. He had the game of his life. And you know what? It started out not so great. Um, I didn't even think about much about the game that happened in Cameron going into my analysis on Go Be Great, Episode 5. Not that I didn't think it mattered, but I never, you know, I should have honestly looked into it just given the fact that when your offense 
is coming. You know, we only have four guys that could really score the basketball. I know Leaky Black had eight points in the game, um, but he I hope he doesn't shoot that many shots on Monday night. I'll tell you that. Um, it was just when you have four guys and two of them specifically, you know, kick the crap out of you in a game, which I believe they were showing it was Brady Manick and Baycott who really lit them up in the UNC Duke game. Unfortunately, I know it's crazy, but I worked that day, March 5th, um, 3 to 11. So I didn't really catch much of that game. And honestly, I guess that's probably why I wasn't factoring it in too much to my uh, analysis. Also, I was going to pick North Carolina regardless of what I thought. And I told you guys I thought, given the fact that we beat them at Duke in Coach K's last game, it wasn't going to go well for us. Um, And there were points in the game where it could have went bad. We were down 41-34, I believe, early second half. And I was nervous. They had seven straight points or so. Um, We were starting to get into a little bit of foul trouble with Baycott. And in the first half, Caleb Love really didn't score. It was all the R.J. Davis show. He was facilitating the ball, but he also was not afraid to go to the hoop, get a couple layups. He had a couple of mid-range jumpers during the game as well. And so it was really the R.J. Davis show in the first half. I think he had 14 or 12 of his 16 points. So first of all, we would not be here without every single one of those Tar Heels, including the... I guess we'll say six that played uh, on Saturday night. Um, Without R.J. Davis in the first half, we don't find ourselves in that game in the second half. Without Baycott, we don't even get anywhere near the Final Four. I mean, what a transformation that kid had in one year. Um, He is the heart and soul of this team. You can tell, you know, the other guys – as the ball handlers and the shooters, they obviously get their they get their spotlight a little more than he does, but the grit, the toughness, I mean, you guys saw the clip, or maybe you didn't, but he got hurt with about five minutes left in the game. It didn't look good. He kind of twisted his ankle, uh, stepping on RJ's foot, I believe. I believe it was RJ. And it didn't look good. He didn't put weight on it at all immediately. Walked right to the bench. I thought, there's no way that the season should end like this. There's no way that the toughest guy on our team should go down with injury five minutes left. That scenario, that venue, um, no way. No, no way. That's not right. And he walked off the court, and it did not look good. I thought for sure he wasn't coming back. And... I don't know what happened. I don't know if they shot him up with something. I have no idea. But he walked to the end of the arena. He walked into the area where he was about to go into the locker room. And he turned around and he went back in the game. And I'm sure you saw the clip. If you were paying attention of him, I guess someone on the court was asking him if he was good. He kind of just shrugged and used the F word and said F it. And he went back in there. Unfortunately, he fouled out with about one minute left and I thought once again like not that there's no way that should happen you know the the fifth foul and I'll get into the refs I guess in a little bit but the fifth foul on him 
I thought given the way the game was called, you know, they were pretty physical on every ball. And even in the first game, I know those refs didn't do the first game, but the way the games were being played on Saturday night were physical, physical basketball games with, you know, if there's pushing and shoving going down on the block, like unless he's going down hard or you hear it or whatever, they weren't calling it. So um, I didn't necessarily agree with foul call number five, but, you know, I wasn't watching the game looking at the refs like that. And I'm sure if I was watching the game and inspecting the refs as a Duke fan, I would probably find some problems with the way North Carolina got calls in the second half, especially late in the second half. But for 30 or 30 minutes of that game, for the most part, I thought Duke was getting the whistle. Um, And like I said, I don't, there are a lot of people with problems with the refs. The only time I looked up and was like, I have a problem with the refs was when it was about 10 minutes to go and the fouls in the second half were eight Carolina to Duke. Um, Did not agree with that. But like I said, if you were a Duke fan, you were probably upset that Theo John picked up four fouls in seven minutes of basketball. So um, enough about the refs. I don't, they're, they shouldn't, you know, be the story of any basketball game, any football game, anything. So uh, hopefully we don't have to have Bo Borowski for Monday night. I haven't checked the refs. I haven't checked. I, I know Kevin Harlan and, and Bill and, uh, you know, Reggie will be on the game, calling the game uh, Monday night, 930. But I haven't looked into the refs. Uh, I was looking into travel and airfare and hotels and stuff. I was getting a little buck wild. Um, I guess maybe there's still time for me to get on a flight tomorrow morning and and get there, but um, I don't think so. I think I'll be watching the game from HQ of Go Be Great, Bridgeport, Connecticut with the boys. And I think that's, you know, the game was so great, but it was awesome to watch it with another fan of the team like, I'll get another chance to do that on Monday as my cousin Joe is my roommate at school and he also massive Tar Heel fan. So we'll be losing our minds together 930 tomorrow night. Um, But just either way, either way that game went, you have to tip your cap to the losing team. You have to tip your cap to them because if you take off those jerseys and you put them in any other jersey in the country and it's not a rivalry and it's not about Coach K and it's not about, you know, Roy Williams retiring and, you know, whatever storyline you wanted to put about it and you just think about it as the pure sport of basketball and what happened in that basketball game, that was an amazing basketball game from both teams. And you know what? I hate Duke. I won't lie. And maybe it's just a Coach K thing. Maybe it's just because of how great, you know, he was as a coach, but neither team really deserved to lose. I mean, they played their hearts out. They executed well on both sides. Um, Paulo Boncaro had an amazing game, and we knew he was going to have an amazing game. You know, for Brady Manick, although I thought he would, you know, live up to the challenge of guarding him, Paulo Boncaro was going to have 20 points in that game if Michael Jordan was guarding him. Um, and he, he, you know, he kept them in that game because 
Like I said on Go Be Great 5, Leaky Black kind of took AJ Griffin out the game, which we're going to need him one more time against Agbaji uh, of Kansas Monday night. Um, you know, between Keels, Moore, and Roach, we kind of kept them at bay as well. None of them really got hot from the three-point line. Um, I'm not even... Usually when I do the pod, folks, I write out a bunch of stats. I, you know, write some some thoughts down. I came back from, you know, I had my day. I had my baseball game. Went out to the store with my mom. Talked to some some friends and family on the phone. And I hit record. No notes. Just pure vibes. Pure energy from last night. Um and I, so I couldn't tell you like exact box score. I know, you know, how many points we had on, you know, I know Baycott had like 11 and 21. Um, but it was Caleb Love. It was Caleb Love at the end of the game. It was, you know, we withstood a tough, tough shooting night from Brady Manick, you know, down the stretch. Not that I would have been upset with any player on UNC because this was an amazing season. And, you know, just given that they were the eighth seed, no one expected them to be here. But especially when the season started, no one expected them to be here with a first-year head coach. Um, I won't even lie to you guys. I was one of the people questioning the hire of Hubert Davis. I was a little nervous that we went down and just hired a bench coach off, you know, off of Roy's staff. And I could not have been more wrong. Hubert Davis could be the coach while, you know, he is deceased. And if he was still the head coach, I would not care. He, I don't know what he instilled in these guys. Maybe it was a Roy thing. Maybe it was just them. I don't know. What I do know is that that team found something in the last month and a half. And they go out there and they play with heart. They play with toughness. And, when the game gets tough, you know, I, and Coach K said this about his kids, and you could say and it is true about them as well. There were a couple of games there in the middle of the season, early in the season, where if runs happened like last night where Duke went up seven, and, you know, even in the late game where where Armando Baycott, our, our best big man, our only big man really, um, goes out of the game with injury in a one-point game, like, we would have folded. We would have folded. The Caleb Love, maybe, I, I know his play style is a lot of shooting threes, but last night he killed them going to the basket. He was getting all sorts of laps. He was jellying on people. He was Euro-stepping people. He closed it. Mariano Rivera style, no chance. Cutter on the inside corner, strikeout looking. No chance. He took the matters into his hands, went to the hoop when he needed to, and then finally with 24 seconds left. Um, now I want to I want to rewind it a little bit. So Duke is about what are they up? They're down one. They're down one with like a minute left. Mark Williams goes to the free throw line, and I don't know if you guys are familiar. With Mr. Whammy of the Nets, he's the Nets super fan, has season tickets, and he sits right behind the basket in the Barclays Center, 
where the opposing team would shoot in the second half. The reason for that is because he stands under the basket and does this hand thing where it used to be, I thought, I mean, I could be wrong, but it used to be the pointer finger and the pinky, and you kind of like flick your wrist down like you're doing um, like you're doing the Texas sign and then flipping it down like horns down. It's like that. That's what I thought it was. But I recently was tuning into the – it was actually the Nets-Bucks game uh, where Giannis uh, – what a performance that was, by the way – where Giannis hit the step back three to force overtime and then put them away in, in overtime. Um, it is now the one-pointer finger and just kind of flicking it at the person. So I was doing that for the Mark Williams free throws. He goes over two. We go down. We get a bucket. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to do this. They get sent to the line again, and I didn't get my whammy in in time. I, I was not really paying attention. I did, like, one whammy real quick as he was shooting. He made it. I was like, nah, I got to do better than that. I go back. I'm doing it again, doing it again. Miss the free throw. So Duke misses three out of four free throws in the end of the game. They lose by four. And Caleb Love hits a step back three. Actually, I think he came off of a a double team and the balls. Um, So a lot of stuff going on here, folks. But I don't remember who had the ball, attracted the double team, flipped it out to him. Mark Williams didn't get out in time, banged the three. Um, And so we're here. We, We beat Duke. We put Coach K in retirement forever or for now. I hate to say that I wouldn't rule out him coming back, but when you're a competitor like that and, you know, he's about to go home to to his wife and his, you know, family, grandkids, all that good stuff and get to see the other side of life outside of basketball. I'm not saying he's not going to enjoy it because I'm sure he will, but he's going to miss the competitive edge and, and way of life that he was living. And I'm not saying that I'll come back. I, I don't think he will. I think there's more of a, a definitely way more of a chance that he won't, especially after ESPN did this whole retirement tour for him all year. Um, but I wouldn't rule it out. I would not rule it out. Uh, I think he'll definitely be gone for next year. I think he'll be gone for the rest of his career, for the rest of his life. I don't think he's going to coach again, but I wouldn't rule it out, especially not like that. I mean, you lose to to your rival in the the grandest stage. And you know what? It wouldn't mean it would mean a lot anyway. But I'm sure somewhere in his competitive mind, he's just like I I, I can't believe that we lost both of those games, the way that they did, you know, in the second half of, of the game at, at Duke, we just steamrolled them. Um, and that's awesome. But, you know, that game, that was just so bad. You know, there were points where I was like, oh, we're going to lose to these guys. Like they're, they're playing, they're playing great basketball. Like they're, they're making it tough for us that in the last 10 minutes of the game, I mean, I know Caleb Love, had 28 points, and all, mostly all of it was in the second half. But 
It was tough. Brady Manick was not having a good game. Brady Manick missed uh, three free throws, I believe, and a and a wide open three pointer. We had like eight chances at the at a rebound and a and a putback, and and we didn't get any of them. We get the rebound again. We kick it out to a wide open Brady Manick. He will never take a shot where he was not guarded like anywhere close by anyone because all five Duke guys are under the basket and he bricked. And I was like, oh, if we're not getting that stuff, this one's over. But so much toughness. And I didn't talk about the one bench guy that I wanted to. Puff Johnson came in the game and was tasked with something that he probably, I don't want to say should not have, but it was a lot to ask of him. And it was when Baycock came out with the injury. Uh, and then w- when he got came out with the foul, uh, with the foul out, we put him in the game as the five. Like Brady Manick, all respect, he's no five. Like he is a stretch four. He plays like a guard, you know, at least on offense. And he's not the best on defense. You know, part of it is that he doesn't want to get in foul trouble, especially, you know, anyone on the team should not want to get in foul trouble, especially UNC, where we have one trusted player on the bench and then you know a couple other guys who could come in and and hold their own but not in a final four game not even close uh and so pub johnson came in and was guarding paulo and he actually didn't guard paulo on the last play though i forget who there was 20 so we hit the three with caleb love and he he goes down, they go down with the ball, and we had a foul to give. Or we were going to put them at the line anyway. I forget. I think we were going to put them at the line, and that's where I helped with the one one missed free throw. We could we could give up the basket, or we could foul before um, he went up. And Puff fouled him right in the nick of time, right before he went up with the shot. And that was a big difference right there because if we gave up a three-point play, we were in bad shape. Um, so Puff played an amazing game. I saw that his oh, – I got shit clinking around now. This is bad. Um, you know, I I was recording the pod here in New Jersey the other day, a couple weeks ago, and I never even heard that I had a uh, uh, my CO2 – um alarm was beeping in the background every so often uh shout out to my uncle who was the one who let me know about that i changed the battery before we started so we don't have to worry about that today but now i'm kicking shit around at my feet i'm i'm a little bit of a mess today but um it's because i had a lot of energy to expend on last night i feel like i played last night i mean i did have nine rounds uh nine holes of golf saturday and then I stood for for a decent amount of that game, and uh, shout out to my aunt, especially Aunt Beth, because uh, she watched the game with us, with me, my cousin, and my brother. And rightfully so, as UNC fans, we were absolutely losing our mind with every play. You know, every play that went our way, we were freaking out. Every play that went against us, we were losing our mind. Uh, I may have woken up the block when Caleb Love splashed that three with 25 seconds left. 
Um, I don't know who goes to bed Saturday night at 11 p.m., but if they were, they woke up because I raised the roof. Um, So now UNC moves on to play Kansas, and I think the only question now for for North Carolina is regardless of what happens um, tomorrow night, where does this team stand in terms of in terms of you know all-time great Carolina teams? Where do these players stand as all-time great Carolina players? And they've got to be up there, right? Like there's no team that has Coach K retirement game win at Duke on their resume. And then the next month, Final Four win the way like listen winning the game was always going to be amazing the way they won that game it like like i said before if you take them out of those jerseys and you put them in you know school in the east versus school in the west and that is an all-time basketball game so many runs so many awesome plays uh, just the back and forth, like you did not know who was going to win that game until Caleb Love hit the three, 24 seconds left. It was that back and forth. It was an absolute, just, I have no other word to describe it than slobber knocker. Like it was just, who's going to, who's going to blink first. That's what coach nuns used to say at Bergen Catholic, uh, before games, like, you know, everybody could respond to a punch in the mouth. Who's going to blink first? As if you blink, you lost. And I'm not saying that Duke blinked, but they did at the free throw line. That's for sure. I know that um, Mark Williams, especially, he didn't have a bad first free throw that he missed. Like he hit the back rim and didn't go in, whatever. But it was in his head after that. It was in his head after that. He was looking at that rim. He was trying to just lightly tap the front rim and let it bounce in. He lightly tapped the front rim and it bounced out. And it was in his face. He knew his fate. Um, You know, a lot of fouling there then at the end within the last 20 seconds. And we made all the free throws, thank God. Um, And we're moving on. And in terms of all-time great players, like you have to think Caleb Love's up there after that especially if we go on to win Monday and he's the most outstanding player of the tournament, which you'd have to think he is, right? Like he had an amazing game against Baylor. I know he fouled out with five minutes left and wasn't much, you know, wasn't a factor at all in the last eight minutes and or last five minutes and then all of overtime as well. Um, But that game is him right there. Like, you got your performance from Baycott. You knew, you know, he wasn't going to be denied of his rebounding and defensive ability, but didn't score it as much as he probably hoped. You know, you know, didn't have as great of a day at the free throw line as he's really had all year. And, um, you know, we withstood the Brady Manic cold first half and then those couple of big misses at the line and then the three. Um, you know, I gave R.J. Davis his flowers. We wouldn't have even been in a game for Caleb Love to go take it for us uh, 
without his first half. And, you know, shout out to Duke. They had a great plan to make sure that they weren't going to get beat. Um, and then Caleb Love decided to insert himself in a ball game, folks. And that is what they were recruited for, right? Like all of the great teams at Carolina, at least the ones that I've seen, which I guess you can really only count uh, the 2016 team who lost to Villanova in the chip and the team the next season who finished the job on, on Gonzaga. Uh, it's always been guard play at North Carolina. Like, and, it, and it's, it's college basketball especially, but we have a style of guard play where it's take over the game, run up and down the court with the ball, which R.J. Davis especially does, um, be the leader of the team, which, you know, I said Baycott is, but I think every one of them in their own way is the leader of the team. Uh, they all... They all feed off of each other. They all just complement each other so well. They play for each other. I mean, there's been t- like you don't you don't blow you in college basketball you don't blow a 25 point lead and still win the game. Like you lose those games. They won that game against Baylor with with two of their best players out of the game. They. We're down against UC. I mean, I'm not even bringing up the UCLA game where Caleb Love also won it for us. They won that game, uh, and they weren't they weren't winning for one second. My sister was texting me; she was nervous about her bracket. UNC was about to go out in the Sweet 16. All of a sudden, they weren't going out in the Sweet 16 because Caleb Love shot the hell out of the ball in the last five minutes of the game and took over. You know, St. Peter's, tough. I said it last episode, two episodes, whatever. Uh, they didn't deserve that. That was tough. You just kind of lit them up. They were tired. They were they were gassed. They took they took out two giants, man. They they did what they needed to do. Shaheen Holloway, now the head coach of Seton Hall. So if you guys hear me rooting for Seton Hall a little bit. More than, you know, I, I know I was a Big East guy. I think my teams this year did an amazing job in the Big East, which I, I guess I could say Villanova. And I just saw a lot of Providence. I mean, I'll root for Ed Cooley, but I don't know if, depending on who comes back and the outlook of the team, I don't know if I'll follow them as closely again next year. But Shaheen Holloway, Seton Hall, that's huge. Um and those St. Peter's guys, what a story they were. But Carolina, man, they, they, they've had one of the best tournaments, I think, of all time. I mean, they have to finish the job 100%. But blew out Marquette, and I don't think Marquette was a bad team by any means, and they shot the lights out. Baylor game is just absurd to think about. UCLA game, crazy. And then this game, and you know that they're going to have another crazy game tomorrow uh, tomorrow night, 100%. Uh, it's a great matchup with Kansas. And I'm nervous as a fan. I'm nervous as a fan for every game, though, like, 
I never want to see – I want to – at the end of the day, you can't win every game in sports, right? So, of course, I'm rooting for them to win, but I want them to play well. If they're going to lose, I want them to have a great game. I want it to be the other team having their best game ever, or I don't want to say ever, but, you know, their best – they're uh, an efficient game on offense – a great game on defense. I want to see a game like I saw Saturday night. I don't want to see a game like I saw Saturday evening, the first game, where, you know, it was good. I don't want to say that it wasn't because it was a good game. Villanova was hurt, and that kind of took it out for them. Uh, Colin Gillespie in the first four minutes of the game had four turnovers or something like that and it's tough they gave them a 10 point lead early they never really recovered I mean they the only thing that happened was that the runs happened either way but like they would go down 18 then they were down 10 again then they were down 15 then they were down eight and you know they got it to 62-55 with about Five minutes to go, maybe. Six minutes to go. Three shot by Caleb Daniels. Ball clanks off the rim, in and out. That was it right there. They have their chance. Uh, then again, 64-58. Um, they had just made a shot to go down six. They get a stop. But offensive rebound to Kansas to Mitch Lightfoot, I believe. So not even, you know, if if it was McCormick getting the rebound, like you knew what was going to happen with McCormick in that game. And they weren't ever going to take him out. The rest of what happened was what was the reason they lost. And that was 55% shooting from the Jayhawks from three. Um, Ochai Akbaji. Went six of seven from three, um, which is totally nuts. And now I'm getting phone calls mid mid pod. I mean, you gotta love it, folks. It is GBG. If anything else, is just a perfect representation of my life. I guess like I I'm putting something out there. I'm trying hard. I I think I'm doing a good job, of course. And I and I've definitely heard a lot of feedback from my support system telling me how how great it's been the pod um but you know we've had we've had some certain we've had some certain uh what 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 word am i even looking for here we've had some adversity we'll just say that well we've had some adversity we fight through it, you know. We had last episode nature called. This episode we've got phones ringing, we've got fucking uh, bottles flying, we've got everything, uh, and we'll fight through it. We'll keep fighting through it. We're like North Carolina Tar Heels in basketball. We're just we didn't look good early, but we come around. We'll finish strong. <laughs> um, I was getting to Kansas and Villanova. Villanova had. That chance, 64-58, didn't get the defensive rebound. And, you know, they were just down 10 the whole time. Like, 
I think if if that first five minutes of the game went different, they might have won. They might have won. Maybe it would have been a lot closer and Kansas would have won too. But all I was hoping for were two awesome games on Saturday. Unfortunately, we only had about one and a quarter because there were a couple minutes there in the first half and the second half where it looked like Villanova was going to make the run and make it make it permanent and and beat Kansas and go to the game and rematch what is the craziest game I've ever seen Villanova UNC final four or uh, national championship excuse me but we didn't get that and I guess I should have seen it coming with with Villanova um Kansas's defense absolutely ruined them I mean I don't want to say ruined them because they still shot well they got to you know but they they were they were not in good shape like they couldn't get past anyone on Kansas and you knew that whoever McCormick the the center was guarding was not gonna have no chance and Caleb Dan uh Caleb Daniels Jermaine Samuels the forward for Villanova really only got going in the late second half when McCormick looked like he kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit uh you know given that we have Mondo with a with an ankle I hope that they're just you know at the same spot with with their health because I just don't want to have it be like oh McCormick was you know hobbled and plays 19 minutes Monday and that's why UNC won and in the same way, I don't want to be sitting there after the game Monday night and Baycott was hurt and only played. You know, they haven't really announced what's going to happen. I'm sure he'll play. I'm sure they shot it up with something today, let it sit. If they practice today, he probably did not uh, participate in every drill or every event or whatever we were doing today. I, I didn't really tune into that. Um but I don't want to be sitting there and saying, well, if if love was if love was there, uh, if uh if Mondo wasn't hurt, we would have won, whatever. I don't want I want it to be the game that we saw Saturday night between UNC and Duke. Back and forth. Great game from both teams. And I guess that's all really anybody could hope for, right? Like no one Monday night. I think is kind of dumb for the final four. Like Saturday clearly seems like one of the craziest events of the year up there with Super Bowl and Kentucky Derby. Uh, you got two college basketball games in the football stadium and, you know, it's a destination and it's, af- you know, afterwards is probably absurd on, on Bourbon Street and whatever, but at the end of the day, all you want is entertaining stuff, right? Like, you don't want to turn on that basketball game Monday night and UNC be up by 20 or Kansas be up by 20. You want to see something like Gonzaga-Houston last year in the Final Four. You want to see something like UCLA and... um and Baylor, I just got the teams wrong. 
you want to see something like Baylor and Gonzaga. Like you want to see a good game. You want to see a UNC Duke game. You want to see Villanova playing their hearts out and keeping it close, but they just couldn't. They started out poorly. They were missing Justin Moore. They, you know, he he clearly meant a lot more to them than just their second score, you know, a leader for sure. But Jay Wright said it on the Mike Francesa pod, and it, it came to life. They needed Justin Moore to let Colin Gillespie go down the court without the ball and come get it because clearly he can score like that. I mean, he came off of about five ball screens and hit five of seven threes doing that and was the leading scorer for Villanova. So him bringing up the ball, Justin Moore, was massive because Colin Gillespie, you know, if there's a knock on him, it's just his athleticism. Like, he's not going to blow past your best defender. And he had the best defender on him the entire day in Remy Martin. And Remy Martin was just a pain in his side, really. I mean, he, he was up there. He was full court press. The rest of the team was back. If they wanted to let Slater or whoever else bring up the ball, they were going to let it happen. Brandon Slater, by the way, was willing Villanova into that game in every way. I believe four of seven from three. And he, if I remember correctly from from looking at all the stats pre-tournament and, uh, and even before the Final Four, did not shoot above 30% from three, I'll tell you that. So four for seven was huge. They were letting him shoot it. They were letting Dixon, uh, the power forward, shoot it, shoot it from three as well. He did not. I think that tells you about his confidence in his shot. And they really needed him, folks. They needed Justin Moore. They didn't have him. It went south early. They tried. They fought. They played Villanova basketball the rest of the way. But it just wasn't enough. And they went down. And so now we have UNC Kansas. So Monday night, 9.39 tip-off, I'm guessing. That's just, it's just too late. No, even, if, even if it's 9.09, it is too late. Um, Got to move it to like Friday, Sunday, or, or Thursday, Saturday, or something. Um, and earlier, because I know that people people will be tuned in. Of course, it's it's the national championship of college basketball. Like people will be tuned in if it was on a Wednesday at five o'clock p.m. But I just don't think Monday night is it. I don't know if they're gonna plan on changing that going forward, but it's Monday night. It is. I'm going to check the time so I'm not giving you incorrect info here. I'm pretty sure it's 9.39. The spread is four and a half once again in favor of Kansas. And once again, in, in, uh, in the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans, um, the 
Official tip-off of that game is 9.20 p.m. And I'm actually seeing Kansas as four-point favorites, not not the hook. Um, you guys know who I'm going to choose, but I'm going to give you good reasons why you should choose them. Uh, Leaky Black is going to make Agbaji look like not an NF, uh, not an NBA prospect. I'm telling you right now. First of all, shout out to the guy. He just shot six of seven from three. So you have to figure, right? He's going to, there's no way he can shoot six of seven from three again. But he's the number one scorer for Kansas outside of McCormick. And McCormick has never, never scored 20 points in a game. I mean, he maybe did it three times all year and he had 25. But you knew against Villanova, given the way they wanted to play, they would rather, and you know, it was smart. Like they were not, they couldn't get in foul trouble, right? So you let, you let, what's his name, have his, have his points. Unfortunately, like I said, they started down 10 nothing. You let him have his, his points early, his points whenever he wants them, right? Cause they're twos. And if he gets fouled, is he gonna, you know, 70% shooter, you take that compared to, the other four players on Kansas who are guards or Jalen Wilson, who's a really good player as well. But it's just simple math, right? Like, okay, I'll give up the two. If you guys want to shoot threes the whole game, go ahead. And Kansas did. They shot threes the entire game, but they went in. So have to figure the game plan for the Tar Heels is do not let them kill you from three now i'm all right with letting remy martin shoot the basketball that shot is ugly that shot has no arc i don't think i think out of all the guys on kansas that's the guy that you maybe let have a little bit more freedom on monday night Agbaji needs to be face guarded by Leaky Black because if he gets hot, it's over. Um, but if Leaky Black does what he has to do and he doesn't let, let Agbaji have 15 points, we might blow them out. We might blow them out because, first of all, Brady Manick is not, he doesn't have Paulo Boncaro on him again, folks. I mean, let's just be real here. Real here. Between him being a little, you know, I'm sure he's a little banged up. It doesn't like he's not running up the court really at all on offense. So I don't want to say that he's a little injured, but it's the end of the season. They've played 40 games like he's allowed to be hurt. And he's 22 years old. It makes sense. I highly doubt that he has as bad of a shooting performance as he did Saturday night. I think either him. Or, or Caleb Love one more time has a game that we talk about forever. Um, more likely Caleb Love just based on how much he handles the ball and can create his own shot compared to Brady Manick who is, will just shoot over you. Um, Aligi Black plays his role, takes out Agbaji. I like the RJ. And Remy Martin matchup, I think it's a fair matchup. It's an even matchup. 
Um, Braun or Brown, however you say his last name from Kansas, seemingly would match up with with Caleb uh, Caleb Love, right? Um, Likian Agbaji, Baycott and McCormick, of course, that's going to be an amazing battle to watch. I really hope, I really, really hope that both of them are healthy enough to go. You know, they're 30. I mean, it seems like they play McCormick a little less minutes than we play Baycott, but I want to see them at 100%. I want to see them dogging it out in the post, throwing elbows, you know, going up with tough layups. I want to see that. That's good basketball. You know, all of it's good basketball, but when you see some good post play, man, get you fired up a little bit. Um, what matchup am I missing here? Brady Manick and Jalen Wilson, Armando Baycott and McCormick, Remy and RJ, Caleb and Brown. I guess that's five, right? They're going to bring that other kid, Harrison. Uh, maybe he'll probably be the starter, and they bring in um, and they bring in Brown. I don't know how they've been rotating the the. I don't know how they've been rotating their pro- players recently because Remy Martin came off of injury later in the year and was coming off the bench until the tournament, and now he's starting. So Kansas is a great team. All respect to them. Um, I just think between the inconsistent play and the tournament, um, the fact that they had their best game of the season on Saturday in terms of offensive efficiency, um, and the fact that it's just a really, really good matchup, like, They've had the advantage with McCormick in, in multiple games they've played this year. Creighton, uh, Creighton in the round of 32 gave them a run without their center. Kalkbrenner went down with an ACL in the round of 64 against uh, San Diego State. And they took it to them. They shot the lights out of the ball. They went to the rim. I think if you're Hubert, you're watching that film. And maybe, I don't know if he's friends with, uh, with, with McDermott. I mean, you might give him a call if you are. Uh, they seemingly had, had the formula with, with their best player out of the game. Their best player. Not even, it's not really even close. Their best player out of the game. Five-point game. Um, maybe, they're, maybe he's friendly with Ed Cooley. Give Ed Cooley a call. Because I'll tell you what. Providence isn't half as talented as North Carolina was, and that was a close game too. Um, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be really, really, really tough if it doesn't go our way. It'll be a tough uh, recap of the national championship game on, on GBG7. If... Uh, if it doesn't go our way, and you know, like I said before, I think either way, this North Carolina team goes down as an all-time team, and a couple of the guys on the team go down as all-time Carolina guys, 
Mondo, Caleb Brady, Leaky. I mean, even RJ, like he such a such a great improvement from last season. Um, and Hubert Davis obviously will be remembered forever if he doesn't, you know, hold up to the standard ever again. Um, so I guess that'll be all for GBG six. Uh, let's see. What do we think folks today's Sunday? It's going to go out at about by the time everything's downloaded and uploaded and RSS and Spotify, whatever. I guess we'll be out for like dinner time, 7 p.m. Sunday. Um, I guess I'll be back. Do I drop the emergency pod Tuesday morning, regardless of win or loss? I guess so, right? I don't know what much else there is to talk about other than, you know, the tournament after the national chip. Like, I could do a lot of bait. Like, I want to do just one where I recap the game. And then if I, you know, release one the next day again, uh, I know that an hour and 30 is probably not ideal for anybody um, unless, you know, I know that a lot of people like to listen to podcasts at work, which for that purpose, I guess an hour and 30 doesn't matter, right? Like no one works an hour and no one works less than an hour and hour and 30 minutes per day. But I also think just and, you know, I find myself repeating some of the things I say a little bit. I think if I can get the time down a little bit, and even if that means that I'm putting out one extra per week, I would love that. I've loved the, uh, I've loved the support. I love people reaching out, telling me, you know, how good I'm doing, you know, that, uh, you know, just keep going with it, keep being sure of your voice, all that stuff. I really appreciated that. That that has made it a lot easier for me to put out seven in my first month, no problem, right? Like, this would be, I think I released episode one, March 5th or March. It was after Duke, Carolina. So, you know, I've now released seven podcasts in a month after, you know, being out of my game for for a while after Hardo was done. Um, you know, I had had a big confidence boost in myself out of nowhere. I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of, I don't know. I guess if you're down about yourself or, you know, unsure or all that stuff, for me, I was just like, well, it can't get any worse. Like, I might as well just turn it around like that. You know, I've been nervous about doing this stuff. I've been, oh, I'm not going to be good enough, whatever. Nah, fuck that. Go be great. Go be great. Uh, Jordan, shout out to you, man. I, that's an amazing name to this day. I know it's pretty simple, but I was so surprised when no one had it on Spotify. Um, so we take it and we run with it, folks. Uh, so we'll be back. We'll be back. It'll be out Tuesday morning. I don't know if I'll record like immediately after the game tomorrow night. Um, I should because my feelings will be fresh. I'll be ripe. I will be. That might be the best episode. That, that would probably be the best recording that I'll ever do if I record tomorrow after we win or after we lose. Um, 
So I'll put that out for, for Tuesday morning drive time. Um, or really just when I, when I'm done, I guess. Uh, um, and then, so, you know, we'll have to transition from our number one talked about sport on this podcast of college, uh, basketball i guess wednesday we can do i'll start looking into it maybe maybe the email will be up maybe i'll just be reaching reaching out to the few people that i know have listened to every pod so far um i guess we could talk about the masters hopefully tiger woods will be playing um the fact that he played a practice round at augusta last week makes me feel pretty good I don't think he would have done that if he thought he was definitely not going to play. Um, obviously, he also had to find out how he responded to a round of 18 uh, walking because um, I'll tell you from, from walking nine uh, at Fairchild Wheeler in Connecticut, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. You don't want to play 18 as much. If you're walking and carrying your bag, uh, you know, I know he won't have to carry, but, you know, just based on his leg health, um, it's not going to be an easy task to walk the Masters twice or hopefully, you know, if he does play four times, hopefully he can make the cut. Um, so so I guess we'll talk about the Masters on, um, on the episode after the recap. I'm actually losing the numbers of episodes here, folks. Not good. Um, I guess we'll be back talking about Masters, opening day, and if any other crazy news or or NFL offseason stuff or NBA storylines happen. You know, we'll also be coming down the stretch here with uh, NBA playoffs starting up soon. So, so we'll have to start up the NBA talk a little bit more. Um, and it's perfect because just like most fans of the NBA, you shouldn't pay attention to the regular season just show up with a month left, uh, you know, scope out the scene, see where every standing, you know, what the standings look like and all that matters is playoff basketball. So we'll have to be getting into the NBA, not on the recap of the college games and not on our masters slash opening day pod. But after that, so in the coming pods, I guess I'll announce, you know, my schedule like for going forward. Cause obviously with the way that the tournament is scheduled, it would have been tough for me to say, Oh, I'm going to do two times a week. And these are the two days or, I'm going to do three times a week, and these are the days. But now I think the way this the sports schedule is going to work, I think I could do that. And I just have to look at my schedule, you know, my personal schedule, and look at how I could fit that in, which I'm not that worried about. But more so, how I can give you guys consistency, how I can give you a good product um, that you guys want to come back and listen to. And that I get better at this because, you know, I, I do think I'm pretty good, but I don't think there's any, there's no such thing as perfect. So you always have something to look forward to. You always have something to strive for. And, 
you know, I, I said it in episode one. I, I know that, you know, a podcast that was listened to by, you know, just my close family and friends uh, and with a very small amount of people listening on the first on the first one. But I, I really meant what I said when I'm trying to take this to the top. Like I I know it's, you know, you can either be like how I was previous to starting this pod. And you could not believe in yourself and you could be thinking about all the waste, wasted time and opportunities and all that stuff. Or you could look forward to maybe what you think is a crazy goal or a lofty goal. And all of a sudden you work hard, you're looking down at your feet and you find yourself looking up right at what you were trying to accomplish the whole time. So. When I say I'm trying to bring it to the top, folks, I'm not lying. I will do anything in my power to keep this going and to keep it going well and consistent and on a schedule after our um, after our episode going out about the Masters and the MLB opening day. So once again, in case you're in a little bit of a swirl because I know that I can do that and I'm gonna like I said I think that's one of the things I gotta work on so I will work on it um we will have the recap of the championship game Tuesday morning and we will have the next episode with the Masters and um the MLB opening day, either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, we're making it to to different states now. You know, I saw, I know everyone, I'm pretty infatuated with looking at the RSS chart and seeing all the different states and countries. So made it to ATL, Georgia. Shout out to you guys. If you're that listener or listeners, thank you. Wichita, Kansas. Um, and then, you know, for the most part, outside of the international ones, like I can tell where the dots are and kind of figure out who is listening to the pod. So I appreciate you guys. Um, and and go Tar Heels, right? Like this, this, you can't ask for anything more than your team playing in the final game of the season in any sport. And it's been a pleasure to watch those fellas. Uh, so for one more 40 minute ride. I hope they can get that done. So, you know, the next episode is going to be a happy one instead of a sad one. And uh, with that, thank you guys. I'll see you on Tuesday.